0: Just go to Cards.com. It's magical. You're listening to Straight Notation on Dogs by Nature.
1: Uh, This is a good football team. You know, two one-on-one football teams squaring off against each other on Sunday. Offensively, you know, you can see what they're trying to do. Uh, It's a lot. It's uh, multiple. It's really going to test our defense because they have uh, the scheme and the personnel to go with it you know 11 sacks in two games gets your attention immediately this is a well-coached football team Uh, coach Rivera has been doing it a long time and doing it at a very high level Uh, it's gonna be quite the challenge for us on Sunday
0: now here's your host my dad Thelonious 7 my dogs by nature family I hope this transmission finds you well my name is Thelonious 7 and you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio Week 3 of the 2020 football season is upon us and this Sunday we welcome the franchise from D.C. to the shores of Lake Erie for a 1 o'clock contest between two 1-1 teams To help us gain some understanding for the opposition's position we've reached out to our nation's capital to Manny in the back row.
1: Hey how's it going uh, Manny here with the back row redskins show um i've been doing this podcast now since june um, i never thought i'd be doing a redskins podcast um i've been a redskins fan since 1999 and i just absolutely love the team yes there's a name change i'm not excited about the name change but i'm just excited that we kept our colors burgundy and gold
0: yeah, manny welcome to a world without logos we've been loving it here in Cleveland. I must say that the numbered helmets give you a surprisingly classy touch. I can't wait to see these two iconic organizations duke it out at our Ohio Edison Stadium. Manny, it's great to have you here in the studios. He can be found at Back Row Redskins on Twitter. So let's talk some football. Week two, your football team from the district traveled out to Glendale, only to come out flat in the first half against second-year phenom Kyler Murray and a surprisingly stout Cardinal defense in the desert. What do you think went wrong early? Do you think this team will start off better in the far shorter track to the North Coast?
1: Yes, we absolutely came out flat against the Arizona Cardinals, but I don't think that the Cardinals have a stout defense. Um, It's just that the Washington football team have a terrible offense. So when you look at it from that standpoint, um, Arizona did what they had to do. Um, They knew that our offense was struggling Um, They put all the right pieces together and we really shot ourselves in the foot. You know, when you come out there and you get a turnover um, in the first uh, quarter and you get another turnover on top of that. I mean, it does not bode well. It does not produce wins. So um, it was it was a terrible way to start the game. And literally from that point, the Cardinals pretty much had the game. So um, the team really has a lot to improve on. I believe that this team can play better. Um, you see that Dwayne Haskins is always playing well when it's pick up uh, tempo or when the game is like uh, a fast paced uh, offense. He loves to hurry up. Um, it, it seems like that's what he was used to in college. So I believe that the coach should honestly really go into the hurry up offense. Um, that's the offense that that works for us. And it seems like he hits Terry McLaurin in that in that. Uh, um in that uh, slant route. So, I mean, once that started to happen, you, the offense started to generate some uh, some juice and some life. It should come as
0: no surprise to you that a great portion of our fan base has an undying loyalty for the scarlet and gray. So many former Buckeyes in the NFL can hardly go a week without running into one of our old buddies. This week is no different. Is this week we welcome Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins to the northern edge of the Buckeye state. And you're absolutely right. McLaurin and Haskins seem to be living out a collegiate fantasy as the pair does its parts represent the Ohio State University. And What are you expecting from them in week
1: three? Terry McLaurin was actually drafted for uh, special teams. He was drafted as a nice special teams piece, a guy that can help, you know, um, as a gunner you know, great tackler on special teams. Then he can work his way up as a wide receiver. But my scouting process was Terry McLaurin was one of the guys I was looking at in the draft. And when we got him in the third round, I mean, it was just amazing to me. Um, That Ohio State team was stacked. They had Paris Campbell on the team. And then they had Dwayne Haskins, of course, and Terry McLaurin. And they had a couple other wide receivers. Paris Campbell was actually the lead wide receiver on that team. But now that the NFL has started and their careers have started. You see that Paris Campbell is nowhere near the talent level that Terry McLaurin has. I expect these two guys to connect a lot versus the Browns this week. Um, I don't think there's anybody on the Browns that can guard these guys. Um, When I say these guys, I'm meaning Terry McLaurin. The guy can run any route on the route tree. And what's so beautiful about Terry McLaurin this season is that the coaching staff is moving him all around. He's just not playing on the outside. He can play inside as well. And um, I understand that Denzel Ward is out there, and he's a very good corner But uh, Dwayne is going to have his way with Denzel Ward. Not only that, they're going to move him around. They're going to target Terry McLaurin at least 15 times come Sunday.
0: McLaurin's certainly putting up some eye-popping numbers early on in his career. He's playing at a level ahead of some of the guys with bigger names that were drafted before him. We'll see if Ward is able to offer some token resistance. Ward also attended the Ohio State University and I'm sure he's familiar with the work of young Terry McLaurin. Definitely keeping a close eye on that matchup. So we heard about your head coach in the preseason and we certainly wish him all the best from the Straight No Chaser Studios. How is he holding up and what are the early returns on his tenure with the fan base?
1: When we heard about the health issues for ron rivera um it was a tough time for the team um the team has just been through so much from all the allegations and all the mess then for ron rivera to choose to come here to come to dc and take on this job uh that just speaks a lot about his character and the kind of person that he is he's a hard worker and he's gonna work hard to beat this thing there's no doubt in my mind um You know, there was like in week one, he had a tough time uh, finishing the game. He had to get an IV at halftime because he wasn't sure if he'll have the energy and the strength to finish the game. Uh, The team has set up uh, transportation. He has a private jet that gets him to and fro uh, from uh, medical appointments and things of that nature. So he's really um, fighting this thing. Uh, We are we are all pulling for him. Um, his tenure already has has begun very very well in DC. You know, going to Philadelphia, I mean, beating Philadelphia at home that was a big win. And Ron Rivera just instills hard work and leadership for his team. Um, and the team is taking on on that mantle of hard work, family, and leadership. So, uh, Ron Rivera, man, he's a fighter. Um, he's the kind of guy that we've been looking for for years and i'm so glad that the carolina panthers fired him hence he got to join our organization and every washington football fan is excited to have ron
0: we wish mr rivera all the best from the frano chaser studios it's great to see that he's found a home in dc he's an exceptional leader and you can see he means so much to the city and to the fan base So, I'm about to ask you to put on your prognosticators hat. But before I do, I want to ask you one thing. What troubles you about playing in the Cleveland Browns? We talked a little bit about the matchup
1: with McLaurin and Ward, but are there any other matchups that you're looking forward to in this contest? My biggest concern this week versus the Cleveland Browns are Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is a monster, man. The guy is one of the best, if not the best, pass rusher in the NFL. I know he's young, but the guy is so polished with his techniques. So, the left side of our line is terrible. Um, (laughs) We have Jerron Christian, which the Browns can expose in this game. We have Wes Martin playing the left guard position. He's another guy that can be exposed. And then we just lost our bowl uh, right guard in, uh, Brandon Sheriff. So, uh, I mean, that's just another area that the Cleveland Browns can attack us. Now, the strength of that offensive line is the right tackle, uh, Morgan Moses. And then sometimes the center shows up, sometimes he doesn't. So the offensive line is going to be a huge concern. If we can hold up well against the Browns pass rush and the blitz packages and things of that nature, then we come out on top. I already believe that um, Washington wins this game, but in order for us to do so, we got to protect Dwayne Haskins to give him time to get the ball to Terry and to get the ball to uh, Steve Sims Jr. as well as Antonio Gibson. Also, a few matchups within matchups are the Browns have one of the best wide receiver duos on paper in the NFL. I say on paper because the, the two guys have not produced at the level that they're getting paid. OBJ has not produced at the level of superstar status. Yes, he's a name. Yes, he sells tickets. Yes, he sells jerseys. But he has not produced wins yet. It just everything has not really synced things together. We saw a little snippet of what OBJ and Baker can be if they're on the same page in this last game versus the lowly um, Cincinnati Bengals. So this game, we're going to have our top corner playing this first game of the season. Kendall Fuller, he's going to be matched up against OBJ. And then you're going to have a guy like Monroe. Or or um, Darby, we have so many other guys that we can throw at Jarvis Landry. But I, I want to look at the tight end to run in, uh, to our linebacker or safety matchup. We have a uh, um, we have trouble covering the tight ends. So look for Austin Hooper to have himself a game. Look for Austin Hooper to be a guy that can be a game changer for this game. If we can cover Austin Hooper, then we have a chance. Teams that have pretty good tight ends always find a way to destroy us. And also, OBJ is not a guy who goes deep, but he can go deep. Jarvis Landry is not a guy who goes deep, but he can. I say that because we have a guy on a back end named Troy Akby who has struggled to keep people in front of him. He's always um, getting beat deep and, you know, busted coverage. Uh, the safeties are a problem, especially if the Browns decide to throw deep. On Washington, so definitely, definitely look for the deep pass against Troy Aikpe. Look for the tight end across the middle. Notice is is the linebacker guarding the tight end, or is um, our nickel um, cornerback/slash safety Cam Carl, seventh round rookie, is he guarding um, Austin Hooper? So those are those are some of the matchups that I'm going to be looking at. What the receiving group looks like against. The Washington uh, defensive backs. I already know that our defensive line is going to destroy the um, the Browns' uh, offensive line. Even though you guys drafted the guy uh, in the first round and paid the right tackle some big money from Tennessee, but look at the matchup within the matchup. It should be an it should be an exciting game. Chase Young, Baker Mayfield, OBJ, um, Terry McLaurin. It's going to be a good game. So I'm excited to see it.
0: I think we're in for a good game this Sunday. I know you've already alluded to who you think is going to win, but what do you see happening in this game? What will be the key factors in determining a winner? And do you have a final score for us?
1: I see this game as a true test for the Washington football team to determine how good of a run defense that they actually have. Now in game one, there was no Miles Sanders then Boston Scott also got hurt for the Eagles. In Game 2, Keon Drake had flashes of being a very good back, but at the same time, he was not able to clear a 100 yards rushing. But this game, we're going to be playing against Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and I believe that both of these guys are capable of having a good game. Also, um, Kareem Hunt is probably going to be the guy that has the better game out of the two, just for the simple fact that he's used in the passing game. So, I do see the Washington football team winning this game. I think the final score is gonna be Washington 24 and the Browns 20. I do see Washington getting after Baker Mayfield. It's gonna be a lot of sacks on Baker Mayfield, a lot of pressures. If Washington can put pressure on Baker Mayfield and make him look silly, then I expect a lot of interceptions, a lot of picks, a lot of turnovers. In order for Washington to win this game, they have to protect the ball. You can't turn over the ball versus the Browns and then just think that you're going to win. So look at that turnover to take away margin. Whoever wins that margin is most likely going to win the game. So that's my prediction right there. We'll see if it actually happens.
0: Well, Manny, I'm definitely more excited about watching this football game after having this conversation. I think you've done an outstanding job representing the franchise from the district of Columbia. We really appreciate you taking your time to share with us here on dogs by nature radio. Manny can be found at back row Redskins on Twitter. So Manny, before you get out of here, do you have any parting thoughts for our audience?
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity to have me on. Uh, This was fun. Um, I'm excited for this game on Sunday. Uh, Go Washington. Obviously, Um, I hope that we just come out there and make Baker Mayfield look silly. Um, If there's any Redskins fans listening to this, um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, My handle is back row Redskins. Also, I have another podcast. It's called talking sports with Manny. Um, You can find me on any listening platform from Apple to Stitcher to Google. You name it. I'm there. Um, Also, um, for those of you guys that are connected with me on Twitter, uh, look me up and check out my link tree on both podcasts, both talking sports with Manny and the back row Redskins show. Uh, thank you once again for the opportunity. You guys be blessed and wash your hands, wear your mask.
0: Manny. Thank you so much for taking your time to be with us here on dogs by nature radio. Well, that was your dose of the straight truth. You've been listening to straight. No chaser. I am your host, Thelonious 7 on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care and go Browns.
1: Hello, I'm Neilai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions.
0: It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new
1: limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes and Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, There's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out, we think you're really gonna like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time
0: we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple.